0: Richard's Morning News, News Radio WRVA. Gary Hess in for John Reed. It is Thursday, January 11th, 8.33 in the morning. Uh, On this Thursday, one more day of filling in for me. And then come Monday, John Reed's back from vacation. I'll be back in my normal chair and things will be uh, back to uh, the way things normally are come Monday. But one thing that happens every week on this program is to talk about... uh, things going on across the across the way, Russia Ukraine, also the uh, Israel Hamas war, but also issues here at home. We bring in the former governor of Virginia and former European ambassador Jim Gilmore. Governor, thanks for being with us. Hope you're well. How are you today?
1: Good good morning, Gary. Thanks for sitting in. I think you're doing a great job.
0: I appreciate that very much. Uh, I I really do. Talk to me a little bit. about. I want to get to the stuff overseas. That's very important for us to talk about and shine a light on. But before that, I want to talk about the General Assembly session, which began yesterday uh, with the Democrats in complete control and Governor Youngkin on the other side. Obviously, there's going to be some butting of heads. What type of General Assembly session do you expect?
1: Well, Gary, thank you for the for the question. Listen, uh, give me ten seconds to say this. Before coming on today, I basically wrote down on the back of an envelope what the people of Virginia probably are being focused on right now, and I ran out of envelope uh, if you If you look at the general Assembly, the debate last night between uh, uh, DeSantis and uh, Haley, uh, the Trump simultaneous interview, Ukraine, the issues of ceasefire, the stall in the Congress. Israel, uh, the Congress behavior uh, right now with respect to budget, the, uh, the the things going on in Iowa, the attacks in the Red Sea, the issue of the Secretary of Defense, which I wrote on this week and uh, gave an interview on this week, Hunter Biden and Korea. What do you do on RVA with a uh, short little 10 minutes? But you'll, you'll have to address that. But the answer is, of course, we start with the General Assembly. Uh, the, the 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 uh Governor, of course, gave his State of the Commonwealth address. I gave uh, four while I was there. Uh, he sets the tone on that. You can't escape the fact that you have a Republican governor with certain priorities and a Democratic legislature with different priorities and the majorities. So uh, the question is, what's going to work out on this? Uh, and uh, the, the the priorities of the governor towards tax cuts uh the, the word this morning is they they want to not have those tax cuts they want to stop those tax cuts from the democratic side so we'll have to look and see what their priorities are on the democratic side and what they hope to achieve but uh clearly it's going to require great statesmanship on both sides to accomplish anything and uh, i think that agenda has not yet been defined as the as general assembly opens
0: i have asked this question rhetorically and i, I want to ask you before we move on to the next topic it is on display in Washington, and it's on display in in the General Assembly as well. And that is the entrenchment of position on both sides of the aisle. And the question is, when did compromise become a dirty word in politics?
1: Well, uh, because people are trying to achieve certain goals. Uh, for a long time now, the, the, the left in this country has been very decisive in its approach to government and what it wants to achieve. And uh, the the Republicans are expected to compromise and give them half a loaf, and then they come back the next year for the other half. And so the question is, what's the initiative? And the answer is that uh, certainly in my administration, and I think with the Yunkin administration, the idea of tax relief and relieving some of this burden on people, particularly during this time of high inflation, is the Republican initiative. Uh, but they're not going to give uh, Governor Young a half a low on taxes and come back next year for the other half. They're going to block the whole thing. So this creates, of course, tension both locally and also at the national level. As you probably saw yesterday, uh, Congressman Good here in Virginia has joined with a certain small group of people uh, to begin to announce that they don't like the new speaker with his idea, and his approach towards governance. And the idea of any kind of compromise to keep the federal government going. So uh, this this fight is going on both at the federal and state level right now.
0: Okay, let's go there next. Uh, obviously, uh, the uh, the it seems like endless negotiations to avoid a government shutdown. The new speaker is in the crosshairs. Uh, what do you see as, as as to what is going on in the House, in the Senate, and trying to to get it to keep the government afloat?
1: Well, I'm not sure which House Senate you're talking about, but if, uh, if, because I, somebody told me the other day they think there might even be a state, uh, uh, shutdown, which, uh, because of lack of compromise at the Virginia level, which startled me. I, I don't think that should be the case. Uh, in fact, that it wasn't even during my car tax fight uh, back in the day. Uh, but if you're talking about the federal government, yeah, I think there's, uh, some risk of this, but I think that the new speaker wants to make sure that the, uh, government stays open. You don't want to see the Republicans. Don't want to see splash back on them for a shutdown because they would get blamed. I don't know exactly why, but they would get blamed. Uh, I want to remind you that the that the the uh, impasses that's going on in the Congress of the United States is a combination of the Democratic Party and getting thirteen or so Republican renegades to support with them, and that's what's actually driving policy. But the 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 media, of course, flashes this back on the Republicans. Uh, so even though President Biden is a Democrat and he's in charge right now, or maybe not so much. I, I wrote a an article this week, and uh, with respect to the Secretary of Defense is going in the hospital and saying, well, you know, the weird thing is that the Defense Department didn't even bother and think it was important enough to tell the president. So what does that mean? Uh, what does that mean for the federal government? And what does that kind of message does that send overseas when America is the decisive? Country Right now in the Ukrainian war, and we're sending a message on the Ukrainian war that we're not going to fund it automatically or we're not going to fund it at all. Uh, the Ukrainians, on the other hand, are sitting in cold trenches out there in the middle of the wintertime fighting for their sovereignty and, frankly, for their lives. And uh, the U.S. is sitting back here warm and, and not uh, uh, willing to support. The good news is, of course, that the Europeans are still up to the plate on this. And I think we'll be okay as long as the F-16s are delivered to uh, Ukraine in a timely manner.
0: That's uh, So that's the update on Ukraine. What's your take on the latest uh, information uh, of what's been going on in the Israel-Hamas war in, uh, in the Middle East? A war that is increasingly being fought on multiple fronts and uh, the, and then the, the goings-on with the South Africa uh, going to The Hague and, and, and talking genocide in Gaza.
1: Uh, this is a battle right now for the hearts and minds of the people of the world. This is a world conflict that we're in, and my message has been consistent now for two years. The United States is in a conflict. It's in a war. Uh, some, sometimes it's a shooting war, but uh, not the U.S. so far is not in a shooting war, but there's plenty of shooting going on, both in Ukraine and in Israel and other places as well. There's a danger in the Pacific, which right now seems to be relatively calm, other than the fact that the North Koreans are firing missiles all over the place, which unrattles the Japanese. The point is the world is quite unstable right now, and it's going to require decisive American leadership. Uh, right now, decisive American leadership. Uh, by the way, I think we ought to talk for a minute about the debates last night, because I thought that was interesting. Uh, uh, you know, last night, uh, you had two simultaneous debates going on. You had DeSantis and Nikki Haley uh, debating each other, and frankly, I thought it was kind of a food fight. Uh, if uh, I if I had to uh, say there was a winner, I think it was DeSantis, and that's everybody's very surprising result. But on the other hand, I think DeSantis' foreign policy positions are totally unacceptable to me. Uh, and Haley's are quite uh knowledgeable I think but uh I thought she didn't do so great last night I thought DeSantis looked very calm statesman like uh but I want to repeat again DeSantis' foreign policy positions while they may be appealing to a small minority of the Republican Party are not acceptable to me uh Swami, on the other hand was completely shut out of the debate which I think which is okay with me frankly but uh other than the fact that it's probably not good that his voice wasn't being heard, meanwhile on the other station, completely Trump is over there, and frankly he looked calm. I thought he looked statesmanlike. He cleaned up a lot of the issues that he had created for himself. Uh, he said at one point, "Well, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be a dictator on the first day." But he was speaking as an exaggeration for effect. The uh, left wing, on the other hand, ran with that and said, so "Oh, he's trying to be a dictator." Uh, Gary, I want to say something here. I think that for some reason, the, the media and the left wing don't seem to have confidence in the American Constitution. I do. There's, it's not possible for Trump to be a dictator because of our Constitution. Not possible. Uh, and he then said last night, no, I'm not going to try to be a dictator. I don't have time for stuff like that. I mean, he was, uh, I think, uh, calm and statesmanlike on his side of the thing. So You know i just think that this thing is wild and we're going to have to see what the iowa debate shows here in a few days as to what the effect of all this is that we're talking about this morning
0: you know governor it's interesting i had on my list to ask you about iowa and i'm glad you went there here's my question so we had those two debates ramaswamy's still in there you had the two candidates that you talked about former president trump so the voting's going to happen on monday What does the, uh, from your standpoint, what are we going to learn from the results on Monday coming out? And just how important is that? It's important to be first, but, you know, it's, we've seen in the last 15 years that the results in Iowa aren't end all be all.
1: I'm the uh, and I was there and I campaigned in Iowa and I know what it takes to win in Iowa uh, because you have to have a lot of money in order to have a big field staff maybe between fifteen and thirty field people to be out there gathering up these people who are going to go out on one night in the freezing cold to their schools and their churches and uh, cast votes in a very small uh, very small setting and then it's going to get aggravated uh, aggregated uh, into a result. The press will then blow that result up and exaggerate its importance. Uh, but it will be important because it's high, it's, it's the first, and it's going to be an indication of what's going on. The test for my, for the listeners this morning is this. Will Trump in fact finish first in Iowa? That's the question. The the polling all shows that he will. Will he in fact do so? Or will Nikki Haley or, or DeSantis in fact come in first? which may upend the race. Uh, we don't know that yet. We're going to have to wait and see what happens. Uh, but uh, there are certainly uh, uh, a lot of uh, argument, give and take, going on in Iowa right now. But then you go to New Hampshire. I campaigned a lot up there. There's a lot of snow up there in New Hampshire, particularly right now. And uh, that's going to be much more of a standard primary. Then you move to South Carolina, and then Super Tuesday. And frankly, the people who are best funded and best organized will win. Uh, And then at that point, you move to the big game, which is the Republican candidate versus the Biden administration and the Biden policies, which I think hopefully many people will agree is, on the most part, very radical. Not the foreign policy. The foreign policy is generally supportive of Ukraine, but it's faltering. Uh, And Biden is not really delivering uh, for Ukraine right now, and he never has really given uh, enough. It's always been too little, uh, too little uh, in uh, what uh, Biden is doing. Putin is trying to wait the United States. He believes we will become distracted. At the beginning of this uh, interview, I told you about all the different issues that are in front of us right now. Putin is counting on that. He's counting on the fact that we'll get distracted by everything from the Alabama coach to the, to the debates and just not pay any attention anymore to foreign policy. And I warn my, the listeners, this is a dramatic moment. And, uh, you know, if you get distracted by all these things, Putin wins. And if he wins, we're on our way to a much bigger
0: war. Great insight as always, Governor. Much appreciated. We covered a lot of topics, and I thank you for your time and your insight. Have a great day, sir.
1: Thanks very much, Gary, for the chance to talk to your listeners as always.
0: Former Virginia Governor and European Ambassador Jim Gilmore, News Radio WRVA.